All right, welcome everybody to the webinar. My name is James Vickery and I'm the CEO of Benchmark 365. I'm also host of the Infinite Scale podcast and author of Infinite Scale, the ultimate growth guide to growth for managed service providers. And you can find those resources on our website. I even think we're giving away a copy of the book for free at the moment. So check out the website and, um, and download a copy or get, get a paperback copy if that's your thing as well. We're happy to send it out to you. And I'm also super excited to um, be joined by Nadi Fatich. Hello, Nadi. Good morning to you, James, and good afternoon to everyone. Thanks, and happy to be here. Great to have you as well. Nadi's our Business Relationship Coordinator at Benchmarks. So um, without further ado, let's get started. Um, this webinar is actually part of a series that we've been running. This is our fourth webinar in the series and builds on a whole bunch of content that we've put out in the book and the podcast and other mediums since we started Benchmark 365 back in 2015, 2016. Um, and um, almost all of our content is centered around things like how to grow your sales, how to improve your marketing, strategies for pricing, basically the softer skills of running an MSP as opposed to the technical skills, which I know are out there in abundance in the industry. And a number of MSPs have reached out to us recently and said, hey, like I really enjoyed the sales webinar. Why don't you guys do sales? And the reality is that we believe our service and outsourced help desk service underpins your sales growth. It reduces your time. It reduces your effort in the service delivery function in your business to enable you to grow and scale your company. And so we're really passionate about training on all of the skills that you need to really hyper grow your MSP. And that's why we put a lot of content out about that. Maybe one day we'll have um, people helping MSPs out with marketing and things like that. But the idea is that we're equipping you with the skills that you need to grow your business independently. And we have a service desk offering that enables you to free up your time to do that as well. And a big part of our vision and benchmark is to be the global benchmark for managed service providers. And the subtext of that is that we wanna be um, available to you to deliver best practice for you to run your organization more effectively. We also record all of our webinars and convert them into the podcast. So for those that are listening along on the podcast today, it's great to have you listening along. Um, and you can um, catch all of our podcast episodes and our webinar episodes via our website. Just click on the podcast link at benchmark365.com. And there's a whole plethora of um, topics there that you can dive into. Most of our podcasts are usually about 10 to 20 minutes. Webinars obviously go a bit longer because we dive deep into some really tricky topics and try to solve them um, through, through roughly a, a one hour session. So um, visit the website, check out the podcast, and most of it's distributed on your favorite platform like iTunes, Spotify, and so on. We have never, ever been in such a great time as we are right now as an MSP. And I know for some, that sounds a little bit counterintuitive with everything that's going on in the world. But if we look at the Gartner data, what we see is consistently the managed services industry or the broader IT service industry is absolutely booming, particularly the last few years since um, COVID and other factors have affected the world 
um, in many, many, many ways and affected um, people in many ways. And so the global IT service industry is US $1.3 trillion and growing. Now, the managed services sector does not comprise the entire IT services sector. And we'd say that the managed services sector is probably a few hundred billion, but that's still a pretty decent sized industry for what is largely made up of smaller providers that are looking to grow a business, looking to grow a sustainable business. There is lots and lots of work out there. And from our experience, it's the MSPs that have people capacity because if we think of MSP, managed service provider, it's a people business. And whilst there's been a lot of innovation when it comes to automation, and we're seeing a lot of headway in things like artificial intelligence, the reality is the fastest, highest performing MSPs have access to lots of people in order to go out and sell with confidence. And that access might be in-source or outsourced or a combination of both. Those MSPs then take their additional resource or energy, usually the business owner and some senior team members, and put that into sales capacity. And so if you can imagine that the one MSP that's sort of small, struggling and spending 80% of their time on delivery versus the larger one that's spending 80% of time on sales, you can immediately see the disparity that the one that knocks on more doors wins. And so I want everyone to pay attention to this slide. It obviously is a bit of detail in there, but what we're seeing is consistent growth around the world, around managed services, which is really, really fantastic. So welcome everyone to the webinar. We've got quite a lot to cover today and um, there's um, a pretty healthy agenda. So we'll get stuck straight into it. And first of all, we're gonna talk about the challenge, honestly, a, a, a long-term challenge of running a growing, profitable, sustainable MSP. And for those of you that are saying, hey, yeah, I don't know if I really wanna grow, the, tr the challenge with not wanting to grow a business is business is not static. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world out there. And those of us that rest on our laurels find that very quickly a competitor emerges that can jump in and take our business. So even if we're not looking to like hyperscale our MSP, we need to fill up the leaky bucket. That is, we need to be putting new opportunities into the top of the bucket to account for the potential attrition or loss of clients, perhaps through no fault of your own, or perhaps because you needed to be a little bit, a little bit more effective at what you provide. So it is a big challenge, and we're going to talk about that today. We're also going to talk about how pricing and labor control underpins profitability. We're going to talk about how to identify high performing rockstar customers. These are the customers that you want to work with, that they're growing, that they're profitable, and they underpin the success of your business. We'll then talk about how to modify your model to achieve a sustainable margin, because it's important to build a moat around your MSP, ensuring that you've always got enough cash flow and profitability to achieve your goals and to maintain what you have. We'll also talk about using time effectively to control your margins. It's so important as a service provider, remember, managed service provider, that when we have people, we need to have controls and measures in place to protect our margin in our business. And naturally, if we're talking about pricing, it might lead to some tough conversations and we're going to step in and talk about how to prepare for those and make sure that you're in a strong position. 
If you um, think about the people conundrum, you might also think about outsourcing as a way to augment your team. And outsourcing comes in many ways, shapes and forms. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and how that might underpin the sustainability and profitability of your MSP as well. There's plenty of time for questions and answers. So just pump them up into the chat as we go along. Nadi's paying attention. So um, as we go along, just um, put anything that comes to mind up there and I will circle back and answer those at the end of the webinar. So hopefully we're all good to go, all excited. I've got a coffee in hand. Let me have a sip. And let's get started. So first of all, why don't MSPs scale? And maybe we need to take a step back. Do MSPs scale? We've been studying MSPs for the past six years. It's a natural function of the business that we're in that when MSPs approach us, they approach us with a problem. And we get under the hood and we have a look at what the dynamic of that MSP is like. And naturally, we look at things like number of customers, number of users, um, you know, what sort of volumes that business is experiencing, and of course, revenue. And consistently over the last six years, we've identified that the majority of MSPs never make it beyond $1 million a year in annual revenue. And I know for some people, if you're starting out, it's like, well, bring it on a million dollars. That's great. Um, I'm happy to, you know, I'm happy to have a million dollar business. And that sounds really cool. But then what we found is that those that make it to a million spend about 10 years doing so. And those that make it to 2 million or more spend anywhere up to 25 years achieving revenues of $2 million. And I haven't even adjusted, adjusted for inflation yet, but most MSPs reach a cap. And why is that? Why is it that a service provider reaches a cap, but we have people out in other businesses that are scaling millions and millions and millions of dollars of business? And the bottom line I feel is the people conundrum. And that is that MSP revenues are directly attributed to the volume of people servicing the customer. More people equals more output, more output equals more clients, and more clients should equal more revenue. However, because of the low barrier to entry to the managed services industry, meaning that most of us don't start up with hordes of cash, most of us start up with this, and maybe a device of some kind, like a, a laptop, and we go to market and we start winning business and we win a little bit of business and then we put some money aside and we might invest a little bit in people or pay ourselves back for our hard-won efforts. And as a result of that, we see a chicken and egg scenario arise. And that is that hiring expert talent and keeping them is very, very capital intensive. And if you don't do it, you can't sell what you don't have but you can't hire without cash flow. And so most MSPs hit this sort of two steps forward, two steps back when it comes to people and capital. And then of course, as a result, the business owner often subsidizes the delivery function. And when they subsidize the delivery function, not only are they the most expensive resource in the company, but they don't spend their time on sales. And I can't tell you how many MSPs I meet and say, hey, what percentage of your time do you spend on sales? And they say zero. And guess what? Those are the smallest MSPs in the industry today. So sales is, an, is a critical function and finding ways to underpin your business with people enables you to sell more. 
And that isn't the end of the story. Even MSPs that are sales focused, there are a lot out there, and even MSPs that have people don't necessarily mean they have profit. And the main reason for that is labor control. Your cost of delivery, that is your time spent supporting your customers is directly attributed to your profitability. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about that as we go along today. So there's, this is a foundational um, set of information that we developed out in the Infinite Scalebook. And we talk a lot about this subject matter on the podcast as well. So check that out if you want to educate your little, yourself a little bit more on this topic. You know, um, when there's yeah, something that you hear, it's a quote or a phrase and something that just gets put out there into the ether and it's just a generally accepted, um, you know, quote from people. And, you, you know, you hear them and you kind of just, it's like, yep, that just makes sense and away you go. And, and the one that really kind of, gets me, it kind of grinds my gears, is this concept of swings and roundabouts. And it's industry terminology that's been used here and there, particularly by vendors over the years, to justify running a business with unprofitable elements. And when I started my MSP 19 years ago, I was indoctrinated into the industry with this concept of swings and roundabouts. And so some examples of that might be, you can afford to lose money on the project because you make money on the hardware, or you can afford to lose money on services on the, on the basis that the customer might reduce labor effort at some point, they might not call you as much and therefore you make more money and then you sink time into another client. And this is just fundamentally a myth. And it's a myth that's been perpetuated and is actually even more inaccurate today because of the margins that have gotten squeezed on some of the ancillary items that MSPs sell, such as hardware and software. We all, perhaps those of you that have been around for a while, can recall making very, very healthy margins on kit and on software and being able to sort of bundle things up and make a big margin. You didn't worry that much about services, but today, the service is the most profitable line item in an MSP if it's managed effectively and you can't afford to lose money on it due to the sheer cost of delivery. You can't do that. So swings and roundabouts are a myth. Every single one of your customers needs to be profitable. Otherwise, one customer is simply subsidizing another and that's a house of cards. And we've seen some very, very extreme examples of that um, and some which I'll talk about today as well. And this is the reality now of running an MSP in 2022. And I would say that many of the things that are up on the display right now actually have been a problem for a really, really long time. I can recall most of um, my career that it has been a pretty competitive and aggressive labor market. But today, it is a thousand times worse. We've all seen the impact of COVID. We've all walked up to a store and knock on the door, oh, we're closed, we don't have enough staff. Every single industry is struggling with people. And that is evidenced for us in our microcosm by the hundreds and hundreds of inquiries we get for our service because we offer staffing solutions to MSPs. So it's a very, very competitive and aggressive labor market and labor costs are skyrocketing, absolutely skyrocketing like nothing anyone in this world has ever seen before. And it's leading to what I would refer to as somewhat of a transient workforce where 
the the it, it's a definitely a seller's market and they're redefining the way that they work and they're deciding who they want to work for and have a plethora of choice and this is making life very very hard for MSPs that are looking to recruit and it, it wouldn't be 2022 if we didn't mention inflation there's inflation at the bowser there's inflation at the supermarket there's inflation everywhere every single vendor has raised prices since the beginning of covid i don't know any major international software vendor for example that has not increased their fees in line with the growing cost of running their business or to take advantage of the situation and you are the buyer and therefore it's so important that pricing is front and center of your business from here on out. They're being proactive about raising prices, whether you like it or not, and you need to keep lockstep with the growing price of wages and the growing price of vendor solutions. It's also a very, very interesting time and something that has some hallmarks of economic disruption, and that is this neurotic nature of clientele. And I was speaking to a partner yesterday that was saying, I just can't get a fix on my customers. One minute they're like, we need to slow down and we need to spend less. And we just want to, you know, want to stop or we want to limit how much we spend on IT. And literally the next day saying, no, 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 we've got someone starting, we've got you know a new customer coming in, we need IT, 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 IT. So it's creating a bit of a challenge for MSP business owners and salespeople to say like, where do we stand? How do we forecast and how do we manage our costs? And all of this is leading to something that affects um, many, many MSPs since the dawn of time. And that is the owner subsidizing service delivery. And if you remember, I mentioned in an earlier slide, you are the most, if you're a business owner, you are the most expensive, high value resource in your company. The minute you step into delivery, your cost of delivery skyrockets because it takes you away from vision, strategy and revenue generating activities. And that's a huge problem. It's always been there, but I feel that it's amplified now by some of the things that are going on in the world right now. We're gonna talk about pricing today and talk about some techniques to get your margin up. <clears throat> but something that we also observe is that it, there are plenty of high priced MSPs that don't make money. There are some extreme examples and one I'll share in a moment, but plenty of MSPs push up prices, but don't push up efficiency to go with those new prices and either find themselves in the same boat or sometimes worse off because when price goes up, demand from the customer may go up as well. And so it can kind of become a bit of a fool's errand. If you don't solve the underlying margin problem, then adding more and more price doesn't necessarily solve the problem and might make you uncompetitive in the market to boot. So setting and adjusting pricing makes you a proactive partner to your customers. It makes you, makes you a leader like those large vendors that consistently increase their prices every year. It makes you one of them, someone that's very proactive and out there talking to customers and increasing prices to match what it is that they need today. But higher prices don't always equal higher profits. You need to set your prices, but manage effort and manage consumption. And we're gonna talk about some strategies around that, but what we mean by effort is how much time you and your techs put into a customer account. And we talk about consumption in how much time customers demand of you. How many tickets do they log? How many things do they, they call you about that is eroding your margin because it means that you need more people to deliver the service. 
So price is one thing, but wastage is the number one killer of MSP profitability. That is unproductive engineers and over-consuming clients. It's a very, very simple formula, but easier said than done. And I'm gonna give you some techniques to overcome that today. Um, so we've got a, a few examples of three distinctive MSPs that are actually quite similar, distinguished MSPs that are actually quite similar in the way that they conduct themselves out in the community. So um, Edward, John and Kath all run respectable MSPs in their respective markets. They're in the business community. They're out there generating work. And all of them have just landed a $2,000 a month fixed fee managed service agreement or managed service agreement. So two grand a month. And so for a lot of us, two grand a month, woohoo, like we've landed a two grand a month deal. Now let's get to work working on it. But this is where the differences lie between profitable MSPs and unprofitable MSPs. So let's talk through each scenario and see where you fit. Edward runs an MSP. He signs a fixed price, fully unlimited, $2,000 a month agreement. And Edward's a real stickler for time. So Edward makes sure that his engineers put in timesheets, that they account for everything, that every meeting and account management call and everything that goes into the bucket gets tracked and it gets tracked accurately. More importantly, Edward takes the time to take his customer through a journey that ensures that they purchase all of the equipment and all of the software and make IT decisions in line with Edward's advice. So Edward is a professional advisor that sells unlimited um, managed services on the basis that customers follow his, his advice. And as a result of Edward's work at the start of the sales process, his team only invest about 12 hours a month in technical work and account management. And there's some really quick math here. And I know some of you will say, yeah, but what about tools? And you know, it's $2 for an RMM agent and so on. But I just kept the math really simple that Edward, when we take $2,000 divided by 12, we end up with an effective hourly rate of about 160 bucks. But then let's look at John. So John, very distinguished gentleman, um, operates in the business community in his region. Um, has really great clients, um, has a really great team, and he too signs a fixed um, MSP agreement. So he goes in, he offers an unlimited service, and he sells it for 2000 bucks. But Ed, uh, John's business has minimal time compliance. It's not something he pays a lot of attention to. The staff love it. They're like, I don't have to do timesheets here. Perfect. And they just invest all of their time into the customers that need support. And the customers are generally happy. However, one of the problems with John's model is that the customer drives all IT decisions. So when John comes in and says, hey, look, this server has crashed 10 times. It's bit, we're burying a lot of time in this. Customer says, oh, well, just fix it. We'll put it in the budget next year. And John accepts that. John says, okay, well, it's a two grand a month client. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want them going to market, so I'll leave it alone. As a result, and I know this is somewhat aggressive language, the customer is abusing John's service. The customer is taking more out of that contract than John allowed for. He, in fact, his team invests 30 hours a month in technical work and account management. So look at the disparity there, 12 hours versus 30 hours. As a result, John's running at an effective hourly rate of $66 per hour. And the reality is he probably has a number of customers that are subsidizing this new client. The other customers are funding the inefficiency of that one customer. But sadly, what we've noticed is that there are a lot of Johns out there that actually 
do not um, do not manage this across all of their clients. And so they're all running at a low effective hourly rate and John has no margin. There's a new approach that some MSPs have brought forward and that is what we refer to as a capped servicing agreement. And this is CAT. So CAT, again, very great managed service provider, active in the business community, out there winning business, doing a great job. And CAT signs a $2,000 a month capped servicing agreement. And instead of agreeing to just provide unlimited support, CAT says, this is our advisory. This is what you need to put in place. And if you put that in place, we shouldn't be spending more than 10 hours a month on your business. We only spend about 10 hours a month um, working on your business. But if we go over, we're going to look at that and we're going to charge an hourly rate of 200 bucks. As a result, some customers follow CATS advice and some don't. Some customers stay within the capped range and many don't. And as a result, CATS just bills her additional hourly rate. She has proactive discussions with them about what they need to do about it. And she always, without fail, operates at $200 an hour as an effective hourly rate against her contract. So this is, um, this is like a, a, a different approach, but it puts Kath in control of the margins of her business and opens her up to a broader range of companies that might indeed not want unlimited servicing at a particular price point. They might want to roll with it a little bit and they might want to um, go with the ebb and flow of Kath's billing model. And so these are three, three um, very, very similar looking businesses, but under the hood, all of them are making different margins as a result of their sales decisions. So an MSP's profitability is completely attributed to the price that you set at the start and the time compliance to track work delivered against contracts. Most MSPs simply do not track their time effectively so no matter what they charge, all of that time gets utilised and the margins stay thin. Not all customers are appropriate for fixed fee unlimited servicing. And now I want to give you a much more extreme example. Benchmark works with MSPs all over the world. And we're very, very fortunate to meet some really wonderful people. There is a difference between the wonderful people that we work with and the businesses that they've created that have become a bit of a rod for their back and making their life hard. And we met a really, really lovely MSP back in um, late 2020. We worked with them um, on what their needs were and they made a decision to onboard a number of customers with us. And all of their customers were with them for a very long time. But they had one really big customer. And I think from memory, they were around 1,800 users. And not only were they 1,800 users, but they were national and they had somewhat of a contingent workforce. By contingent, I mean they didn't work full-time for the company, but when they needed IT, they were deployed into the field, they needed IT and they had to go. And, they, and I asked them, what are you charging this customer? And they told me that they were charging the customer $50,000 a month, that's $50,000 a month. So for many of us in the room, it's like, whoa, 50 grand a month managed services contract is very, very attractive sounding from a revenue perspective. And we thought that too, said, okay, we did our numbers and did our math and said, okay, let's onboard this customer. And part of our business model is to measure 
throughput and see what the customer experience is like and look at the volume of work that's coming down the line and provide advisory to our partners as to what they should be billing the customer. And through this exercise, we found that this customer was being drastically undercharged, that 50 grand didn't even come close to cutting it to meet their needs. And suddenly it became clear why they were looking to outsource. So as we're working with the client, we're seeing a very, very high volume of tickets. And because there was a backlog, we saw more and more and more tickets coming through. And on one fateful day, their internal IT department decided to reset all of the passwords for 1800 workers. And they had a Citrix environment with some complex applications and it broke everything. And over the course of the next week, there was more than a thousand calls from the end users because they didn't tell the end users and there was a thousand calls and that spiked the cost of delivery. And that wasn't the only event that we saw in the space of 12 months. Through our investigation and working with the MSP, we found that they needed to be charging this client $150,000 a month. That's $150,000 a month. Or they needed to drastically reduce their labor effort on the client. So we talked about this before, price plus control equals profit. And they did not want to do either. They said, we've tried to talk about price before. They're not interested. We don't want them to go to market. Well, guess what? They did go to market. So while all of the servicing was going into this one big anchor client, all of the other customers were suffering and they were good customers and they were profitable customers. So every other customer on their books was, was, was um, suffering and looking around for a new provider while they serviced an anchor client that was not making them any money. And guess what? They went to market and the new MSP put together a program for them a bit. They were a big enterprise company and sold them a service for $2 million a year. So here's the MSP saying, I can't charge more and sinking more and more time into them. There's a new contender that comes in, understands their needs effectively and pushes prices up. That is by far and away the most extreme example or case study of an MSP needing to up their prices or control labor in order to protect their business. They lost the client. And to be honest, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to them, but they could have dealt with it sooner and they could have avoided a disaster. If your customer wants fixed fee, they must follow your advice. I can't imagine walking into a surgeon and, sa and saying, hey, I've got brain cancer, but I want to do it my way. I want, you to, I want to guide you and I want to tell you what tools to use and I want to tell you when, when to conduct theatre. That's just not appropriate. You would never go to a surgeon and do that. <clears throat> or you would never go to a top level accountant or tax accountant and say, hey, thanks for your advice, but I'm going to do it differently. Why would you make that investment? And so it's so important that your customer follows your advice. If they don't follow your advice, that's a trigger for a pricing discussion or a capped servicing approach to protect your margins. You need to continuously set and adjust your MSP prices based on labor cost and labor effort. This is a partner of ours that's been carrying the flag for Benchmark 365. He started with us as quite a small player a few years ago. I think he was turning over a couple of hundred thousand dollars, had some challenges with staffing and was looking for a way to just cut through the nonsense and scale his business. So he signed up with Benchmark 365. And one of the things I love about Jeremy's story, Jeremy from Go Computers, 
is that he calls himself the million dollar one man band or almost now the two million dollar one man band. Um, and it's not entirely true. He's not a one man band. He has an amazing um, resource in his company that does all of the quoting and some um, pseudo account management and some, some, um, some service operation stuff. But Jeremy goes out, knocks on doors every day and sells a very specific pricing model, which is similar to Kat's. So he, he has a balanced risk with his clients where they can go on fixed fee, but they have to do everything he says, or they can go on a flexible arrangement where he always has an effective hourly rate that he sets. And currently his lowest effective rate is 150 bucks an hour. I've done US adjustment, by the way, we get this question a lot in webinars, I've adjusted for USD and his highest effective rate is $350 an hour. He's currently doing 1.8 million in revenue. He's forecasting 30% growth. You go away and do the math, but this is a very successful MSP entrepreneur that's managed to increase prices, outsource the help desk and make insane margins on his business. Uh, probably one of the the more the, the biggest success stories in the managing services industry today. So what sort of customers do we want to be working with? And I think that often we go looking for the new customer without looking at the old ones. And we sort of accept a bit of a status quo with the customers that we have. And I had this experience many years ago, probably um, around 2010 or thereabouts, where we had 70 customers, but very few of them were performing customers. And I'm gonna talk you through a process that came to me through the book, The Pumpkin Plan. Now, I know some of you know Mike Michalowicz. He does um, a lot of um, talks within the MSP industry. What a lot of people don't know, he's actually started as an MSP. So a lot of the foundational stuff that Mike teaches was all born out of running a very frustrating business, which is an MSP. And this book really spoke to me, The Pumpkin Plan. And it's got a methodology for taking a really close look at your client base and making some really tough calls about which ones are the rock stars and which ones are the dead weight. So I read this book um, around about then and I, was, and I followed the methodology and it started with taking my 70 customers, printing them out, or these days I don't even have a printer, but you know, put it up in an Excel spreadsheet and rank them by how much money they're spending with us not profit, not margin, not any of that sort of stuff, but just how much, how much revenue, who are the big ones and who are the small ones. So we started with that. And when I ranked them, I found that the bottom 20 had spent little to no money with us in the past couple of years. These are the randoms that would phone up and say, I need a new NAS or I need, a, I need a new desktop, or we've had an urgent issue. And even though we've used 10 other IT providers in between speaking with you, I need you to come out and urgently fix it. And so we looked at that bottom 20, we put them much further down the spreadsheet. So like put them aside for a moment. Then we ranked again, and we ranked based on revenue and some other facets, like do we like to work with this company? Are they easygoing? Do they follow advice? Do they pay on time? And do we think that they're going to be the type of company we can have constructive pricing discussions with because some of them were not profitable? Some of them, when we looked at our anchor client, we had a similar problem to our friends with the, with the million dollar customer that wasn't performing. 
And so half a million dollar customer that wasn't performing. And so we went through this exercise again and another 20 got a red line through. So the 20 went down. And so we're now 40, now we're at 30. And now we really looked at that 30 and said, are they profitable? Let's, let's really look at this. And so we took the revenue of that customer and divided it by the number of labor hours that were invested and found that some of them, particularly our largest ones, were actually getting a free ride. But because we'd made a decision that we wanted to work with them, we were able to sit down and say, right, let's build a strategy to get them spending more by upgrading them onto an effective program. And how are we going to do that? And the way that um, it's communicated in the pumpkin plan is that you rock star your top 10. So, or top 20 or top five or wherever it is that you're at in business, but you find the ones that you really want to work with and you put them up the top, then communicate with your team when that phone rings and it's that customer, they get priority service. And now I know we've got SLAs and we've got all of these things out there, but at the end of the day, the best customers should get the priority and the worst customers should be really far down the line. So we did this exercise. We ended up with a rock star group of customers. We ended up with a dead weight group and made an active decision to tell all of the dead weight that they need to convert to either a block time or a managed services arrangement, or we'd have to let them go. The process took probably well over a year and it was very scary. I'm a young entrepreneur. You know, I've got, I've got my business to a million bucks. I've got loads of staff and mouths to feed. And I'm like, what am I doing? These are customers. But I had to get a mirror and take a look at my business and realize these customers were never going to take me into the stratosphere. The result of that exercise is that our business very quickly grew. We ended up with less staff. We ended up with better customers. And we ended up substantially more profitable than what we were before we did the exercise. So I encourage you to check that out. Just to recap on that, so prioritize your customer groups, starting with your most favored and profitable ones and stick them at the top of the list. Move your least favorite, least profitable customers to the bottom of the list and treat the top performing customers with a high level of priority. Progressively work through unprofitable customers, raising prices or letting them go. And I know it's hard, but it, you have to take a look at this and say, if we're not making money, we can't work with this client. You wouldn't allow yourself to be ripped off by a vendor overcharging you for something. Why get ripped off by a customer where you're undercharging for their service? And my last point in this segment is to be aware of anchor clients. Most, and I mean most MSPs we meet have an anchor customer. An anchor customer is someone that is big, usually someone that started with you early and grew with your business. And as a result, you've ended up throwing in the kitchen sink into their contract. Our analysis has shown time and time again that many MSPs are better off without these clients if they can't convince them to up the spend or reduce consumption. So that's all well and good. I'm just gonna have a sip of coffee, give you a moment. So that's all well and good, but how do you have the tough conversation? And I see a lot of posts in social media where people say, oh, they're break fix, just get rid of them. Right. And I see a lot of businesses let go of clients that could otherwise be, you know, amenable with the right circumstances to actually spend more money or to actually fall into line with your business model. So remember I said before, I followed the pumpkin plan. I didn't just go and carte blanche fire 40 customers. What I did is I systematically developed 
a sales process and I had to look internally as to whether we were providing the best possible advice and best possible service to them. And it was a bit of a mix. Some of them have had, had had pretty poor treatment and some of them had had exceptional treatment and weren't paying us for it. So when you're looking to upgrade or right size your customers, it's important first to identify the underperforming ones, but also look for a root cause. And the root cause could be that they have old systems, outdated software, very difficult users or uneducated, you know, boomer types that just don't have enough knowledge to be self-sustaining and they need to call the help desk every five minutes. Set up a series of discussions, not just one discussion, set up a series to address, first of all, the pain, and then to talk that, to let them know that there are options to address the pain and let them know that you're hurting. There is a big thing going on in the world right now, which is that every single business is suffering in some way due to inflation or due to wage growth or due to logistic and supply chain problems. So your business is no different and their business is no different when it comes to talking about pricing and what you need to do to deliver an effective service. Use terminology like reasonable commercial usage. So if you've signed a fixed fee contract and maybe it doesn't run out for six months, maybe you've signed one that's infinite, I don't know, but it's important that you sit down and say, look, at the end of the day, we have a contract, but we're just losing money. And because we're losing money, we're losing our ability to service you effectively, and we need to make a change. And that might be that we need to now narrow down our scope to what it says in the agreement, and we need to stop delivering certain ancillary services that we've kind of just subsidized and done for free. Or we might need to take certain people off your account like me because I'm the senior most expensive resource in my company and so on. Offer solutions, but focus on win-win. It's not a brick. You don't have to, you know, knock someone out and say, hey, your prices are going up as much as we'd like to sometimes, but rather to sit down and go, how do we build something that makes sense for both of us? <clears throat> and have a fallback plan. I gave you you know, John, Edward and Kath's model will avoid John's model because John is losing money. But Edward and Kath have viable models, fixed fee, unlimited servicing with advisory built in or capped servicing with the customer having a little bit more flexibility on how they engage with you. So have options, have perhaps even blocks of time just to improve your cash flow. There's no kind of like, you know, there's, there's always a way, but if there's not a way, then you need to do A or B. And A is just reduce your labor effort. If you're not making money, take your energy and put it into the customers that are making money. And yes, that might lead to some disappointment in the client that's not paying you enough, but welcome to the real world, Mr. Client. If you're not paying us enough, we can't allocate this much resource to your business. Or B, and this is the final straw, let the customer go. And I know it's hard and I know that, you know, many of us say, hey, it's taken a lot for us to build our customer base. But if they're not making money, that's just as bad as you going to a store and getting ripped off at the till for whatever it is that you're buying. You have to, there has to be an even playing field. It has to be a win-win. If you can't find that win-win and they're not constructive, it's time to move them on and focus your efforts on the customers that will.
how to price. I was so reluctant to put this slide up. I can't tell you. And the reason is I see in the industry, what do you charge? What do you charge? What's the seat rate in um, Calgary? What's the seat rate in Manhattan? It's all over the place. And it's all over the place for, for two reasons. One is most MSPs underprice. Look, like most MSPs we meet are operating an effective rate that's far too low. And other MSPs have actually taken a very considered approach to develop, developing their pricing and they charge more. One of our partners charges $450 a user. And I look at him and I go, how do you do that, man? $450 a user. But he focuses on a very unique industry. He focuses on selling the value of what's going to be achieved over the next two years. He puts everything in the kitchen sink into the contract so that there's no further billing discussions. He's really good at sales. So he sells for $450. The market averages that we're seeing today in the United States are 90 to $150 per user per month. Please don't copy and paste that over to your billing system and away you go. Maybe use it as a benchmark, but there's a lot more in this, including what is your labor cost? What is your tool stack cost? Where do you live? What is the invisible hand of the market so that you can adapt to that? Um, but anything less than this, every MSP that we meet that are operating at rates lower than this are usually too low and losing money. And that's a reality. So have a look at how you bill, but also make sure you are billing. Often people will say to me, yeah, we bill $180 an hour. And then we do the math and we go, okay, so you know, you turn over $200,000 and you got two people and you do this many hours. And it's pretty, pretty simple math. And often we find people are charging $50 or less per hour which is not, not viable and, and cannot help you when it comes to hiring or building a moat around your business. So market hourly rates tend to range from about 140 to 180. A few places out in the very, really out deep in the sticks that might be a bit less than that because housing costs are lower and so on. But generally speaking, this is what we're seeing in the mature managed services market. Consider a capped servicing model for clients who don't fit the mold. There's no one size fits all. Um, our MSP um, in Australia actually sells managed services, ongoing retainers and blocks of time. The number of blocks of time that we sell are phenomenal. We don't look at ourselves as someone that says no, we just say how. And a company comes in and urgently and says, hey, I need IT support. We're not going to roll out and have a managed services um, uh, consultation on the day if they're burning. We sell them a block of time. We get paid for our sales time. We have a conversation with them. We fix the initial problem. And then we start the managed services journey thereafter. It's a very, very lucrative line item in our business because we don't say no. But more importantly, sell it for whatever. If you're going to go and sell for like, you know, $150 a user or $1,000 a user, it's meaningless if you don't track time. If you don't track time, if you don't monitor your client consumption and you don't monitor your engineer productivity, your margins will go down. People have a way of finding a way to spend more and more time on a customer contract and that costs you money. Another way that you can augment and protect your business margin is by using outsourcing. And we talked at the start about the people conundrum being the major facet of why an MSP doesn't grow. And right now, people are a big challenge. A lot of MSPs are looking for people and can't find them. Wages are growing and pricing hasn't kept lockstep with client, uh, sorry, with, with wage inflation. So outsourcing can help because it enables you to have access to a large team of people, but it also eliminates the shadow cost of staffing. And what I mean by that is 
hiring, training, retaining, churning, um, productivity gaps, computer on the desk, cell phone, car allowance, all of these different things that MSPs offer in order for an engineer to do a job effectively. Outsourcing eliminates all of that and brings the costs down to something that's more manageable. Outsourcing with a provider that ebbs and flows with your scale and, and occasional declines is a very, very powerful tool. There's a reason why our MSP partners are the most profitable MSPs in the world, and that is that when they're busy, they scale up, but when they're not busy, they scale down. You can't do that with staff, not without taking a scalpel to it. So, and, that, and that's not a nice thing to do, but we see a lot of MSPs grow and then fire people. You know, it gets to Christmas time and it's like, oh, you know, we're, we're, you know we, we don't have enough work coming in. Why don't we let people go? That is a very expensive way to run a service provider. And so the idea with an outsource that ebbs and flows is you upgrade when you're busy and downgrade when you're not. And that dollar cost average of like of using that type of service means that you're profitable at all times. It enables you to focus your time and energy on sales and upselling clients to appropriate high margin services. It's a lot easier to look at a client on a piece of paper and just make a hard decision than it is to do it while you're working tickets. It is so hard to consider and contemplate the investments that you're making in a customer if you don't look at the raw numbers. It enables you to deliver a consistent outcome to customers. Because outsourcers have a large team of um, engineers and dispatch personnel and everything that you need at an MSP, there are no bottlenecks. The idea is that you can consistently sell and they can consistently deliver and you don't have to stop or pause in order to reach um, momentum in your business. And ultimately, outsourcing protects your margins. So now what? It's critical that we drop the swings and roundabouts mentality and develop a profit first mentality. Every customer needs to be profitable. Every single customer needs to be profitable. There are no swings and roundabouts at all in managed services. People need to pay the rates that you set and you need to manage them within the rates that you set. Categorize your clients from rock star to dead weight. The dead weight's got to go. They're artificially inflating your business and driving cost in your business because of the intermittent nature of their spend with you. Implement time compliance and monitor client consumption and address abuse immediately, immediately before it gets out of hand. Have proactive discussions with your clients about pricing. You're not the only one that's increasing rates. Every single company you work with has received some sort of price rise or service reduction as a result of what's going on in the world right now, why should all of those vendors be the ones that um, just proactively deal with that, but you're left to subsidize that company's IT? It's critical that you have these discussions just like anyone else would. And consider outsourcing to eliminate wastage, that is productivity gaps within your delivery, and to buffer wage inflation. Get your costs set around an outsourcer and scale your business on that. We know that outsourcing is a huge undertaking in the mind of an MSP. It's like, you know, we all want to build great businesses with great people. And a lot of us don't consider outsourcing until we notice that there's an obstacle or a bottleneck in our business and we make the decision to go. So Benchmark de-risks outsourcing by starting all of our programs with a carefully designed onboarding service and a 90-day pilot 
to assess and evaluate that this is the right type of service for you and that it's a great mutual fit. After a 90-day program with Benchmark, you're able to look at the service and say, yes, that's working effectively and let's proceed. And we think of this a lot like going from the tarmac to takeoff to flight to hitting your destination. And the destination is growth. The destination is infinite scale. The ability to sell again and again and again without having to stop due to staffing issues. So we start on the tarmac, we onboard, we, we take off, we do the pilot, and once you're satisfied that everything's working, we then have an ongoing program to support you. And that is a month-by-month -month contract so that there is never a lock-in arrangement between our two businesses. And we think that that's a really fair, flexible, and carefully calibrated program for MSPs based on our experience. We have a comprehensive 15 business day onboarding, so about three weeks onboarding. And through that, we dial in and calibrate around you and your customers. We test everything thoroughly to make sure that your customer gets a quality experience 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year. And so this is a well-timed, well-thought-out process that enables you to outsource without disrupting your business and ensuring that you're getting the most out of an outsourcing engagement in a low risk way. And some final points on Benchmark 365 is that we give you back 80% of your time to focus on sales. We cost 50 to 70% less than traditional hiring and your customers get 24 by seven by 365. We literally work every single day of the year, all major holidays, weekends, Sunday at 2 a.m., you name it, we're there for you and your business and your customers. Because we work on a consumption model, you only pay for what you use. You can scale up and down when you choose, and we help you win deals. It is better for Benchmark that our partners are growing. And then we, in our view, we'd much rather work with a smaller group, relatively speaking, of high-performing MSPs than lots of MSPs that don't want to grow their business right now. And as I said before, I think we're very unique in that it's a monthly no lock-in contract. So you can come in, test the metal, give it a go. If you don't like it, you can step off. But if you love it, you're always in a very strong position because we're... Um,
Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to get your own copy of Infinite Scale, just go to benchmark365.com. And if you have any comments, feedback or suggestions for future podcast episodes, just drop us a line at hello at benchmark365.com. Thanks for listening.